I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Hello and welcome to the FT Arts Podcast. I'm Raphael Abraham and this week we'll be discussing the rise and rise of rap. From its modest beginnings on the mean streets of the Bronx in the late 70s to stadium-filling tours and platinum albums, today's rappers are millionaires with business empires that extend well beyond music. Kanye West has described Watch the Throne, his joint album with Jay-Z, as luxury rap, and on May the 18th, the pair descends on London's O2 Arena for five nights and then tours the UK. I'm joined in the studio by FT pop critics Ludovic Hunter-Tilney and Richard Clayton, but before I turn to them... Let's listen to the first rap hit from 1979, The Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight. You see, I'm six foot one and I'm John's of fun and I dress to a D. You see, I got more clothes than Muhammad Ali and I dress so viciously. I got bodyguards, I got two big guards that definitely ain't the whack. I got a Lincoln Continental and a son who's Cadillac. So after school, I take a dip in the pool, which is really on the wall. I got a color TV so I can see the Knicks play basketball. Now compare that to the opening of Niggas in Paris from Watch the Throne. For those of you who don't know, Ball So Hard refers to the thug who's got rich originally through playing basketball. So I ball so hard, because want to find me. But first, got to find me. What's 50 grand to a mother like me? Can you please remind me? Ball so hard, crazy. Y'all don't know that don't face. And that's the go. Oh, for 82, when I look at you like you a gravy. Ball so hard, where? We ain't need pro be here. Ball so hard, since we here. It's only right that we be fair. Psycho, I'm liable to go Michael. Take your pick. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six. Ludo, the Sugar Hill Gang rap about having a colour TV while Jay-Z says, what's 50 grand to a mother effer like me? Has luxury rap lost touch with its roots, perhaps? We can see a definite uh, amplification in uh, tone in terms of the uh, material life being bragged about. Rap music has always had this element of the braggadocio where you show off how uh, successful you are. Uh, Rapper's Delight, which came out over 30 years ago, um, has this at a now seeming very modest level of achievement, a colour TV, a dip in a pool. We suspect it could well be the public baths somewhere in the, <laughs> somewhere in the Bronx. Um, and uh, Watch the Throne, the joint album between the two sort of leading mainstream rappers of the day, Jay-Z, the mogul-turned-superstar rapper, and uh, Kanye West, who's the sort of self-styled uh, creative genius of rap, um, the two of them have come together and produced this remarkable document of opulent living in uh, recession-era America, where they, uh, brands are things like Rolls-Royce, Hublot, Benz, Porsche, uh, the Le Maurice Luxury Hotel in Paris. I mean, it could be characterised um, as the how-to-spend-it of hip-hop. <laughs> Indeed, it could. Richard, do you think um, rap can, can claim to still be keeping it real? Well, there are, there are other aspects of rap than than this one. I suppose these guys are basically representing the one percent who we hear a lot about uh, in the pages of the paper. Um, to adapt Gil Scott Heron, the revolution will be commercialized. 
Jay-Z and his, his wife Beyonce, of course, have even trademarked their daughter uh, Blue Ivy Carter's name, although they say that's more about a protective thing for people ripping off uh, their brand. But um, obviously there might be some Blue Ivy products in a few years' time. Um, yes, I mean, it's quite amazing that this kind of insurgent party music from the Bronx, um, basically made by uh, immigrant Jamaicans taking over the, the means of production with two turntables and a microphone, has become the soundtrack to, to, to uh, this kind of consumption. Um, but then money has always been part of, of hip-hop's game. I think it was N.W.A. who said, life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Um, obviously, they were coming from a rather more stark um, economic situation than uh, um, Jay-Z currently finds himself in. But then elsewhere on that track, Niggas in Paris, he talks about um, saying, if you've escaped what I've escaped, you'd be in Paris getting effed up too. So can we really uh, grumble with that sort of life trajectory? I don't know. It's a music that almost celebrates uh, rap's um, transformation into this huge multi-billion dollar industry, if you like. So in that sense, it becomes decoupled from what's going on in the world around it. Uh, Watch the Throne, when it came out last August, it came out in the same week that the US lost its AAA credit rating and uh, over a trillion dollars were wiped off uh, the value of Wall Street in the worst day of trading since the 2008 financial crisis. There's a stark disconnection between what this album preaches and the world in which it uh, has come into being. But it seems to me that, in fact, what it's really celebrating is the rise of hip-hop, the rise of this uh, black-created form of music into this sort of world-beating genre. Yes, I mean, looking at basically small businessmen entrepreneurs, aren't you? I mean, the original rap labels were started out like that, and, and now they have become corporate entities. But this kind of luxury rap, as we're calling it, again, isn't the only type of rap around. There's lots of sort of regional differences in, in rap with the Dirty South thing that came out of um, Alabama and Memphis and is still very big. You get these sort of dance crazes that come up now and again, things like juke and footworking. Um, I think it was from Chicago. I mean, don't ask me to do any of the any of the moves. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of a lot of the kind of youth up upsurge of of stuff is is still there. Ludo, you recently compared rap in its current state awash with money with the sort of bloated supergroups of rock in the seventies. Do you think? we could see a backlash against that as we did with sort of the rise of punk rock in the 70s or alternative in in the 80s? I'm not sure there will be a backlash um, against that particular trend. Um, There are bands around now, a younger generation of rappers coming through. I mean, Odd Future are one who've uh, got a lot of column inches. They're being compared to the Sex Pistols. They create a lot of outrage through their um, uh, violent lyrics and uh, sort of misogynist lyrics. Um, uh, And the music is very sort of um, abrasive, um, impressive in many ways, while the lyrics aren't. Um, they've been they've been compared to the Sex Pistols, but I think the comparison sort of runs out of steam because they don't really have any alternative way of of seeing the world. There's nothing which is actually a sort of critique of the ultra materialism of Jay Z and Kanye West. It's just more like a kind of frat boy style rap, yeah, which is a gang, uh, aren't they? Like like Wu Tang Clan, where as well there's loads of members with outlandish names, and they all have side projects and all that sort of stuff. Wu Tang Clan are a good example because they did bring the rap collective back yeah. into or the last flowering of yeah. the rap collective whereas now you have um, a lot of in, it's all very individualist mm. you have Jay-Z and Kanye West but they're coming together as two very big stars it's not the idea it's a collaboration but it's not really the idea like the band where you have a multitude of voices um, when I spoke to Chuck D a public enemy for an article on this theme recently he bemoaned the fact that the rap group had disappeared and they had all become highly individualized and Odd Future are bringing that back that the Wu-Tang Clan um the great sort of New York band from the 90s who did this sort of hardcore street hop uh, also 
had managed to bundle all of their different members off into quite lucrative solo careers and also had clothing ranges and such like. So it was as if it was like a sort of conglomerate. The collective, in fact, in rap terms, is often a conglomerate. Richard, do you see any anyone who, who's who's really still doing that kind of socially, politically conscious rap nowadays? Well, th- that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there is a guy called Evidence who was originally part of the um, Dilated Peoples group who was sort of seen in that, that light, I suppose, in the uh, late 90s. He's um, now had an album out last year called Cats and Dogs, uh, where he does address some of the economic situation going on. Um, there's a track called Well Runs Dry, which I think we can hear now, actually. Money is the underpinning of our society. Here on out, uh, you're looking at another great depression. This last year has been disastrous financially. Yo, times have dried and the well went first. Starving to death, nah, I think I'm dying of thirst. I get inspired on a momentary basis. A live wire, been flown so many places. Now, this is actually one of the, the better tracks of the album. Um... Which is which is a decent album, I and mean, it's got um, DJ Premier on there, who um, was part of Gangstar doing the beats. But it's also, to my mind, really earnest and a bit plodding and dull. So you can see why um, the likes of uh, of Kanye are so successful, because they're much more Catholic in their tastes in terms of the samples they use, and at the same time, why guys like Old Future and other young rappers like Danny Brown are coming through being much more scurrilous in and extreme in their um lyrical content with you know sex and drugs and so forth because it's just a bit boring <laughs> being conscious rapper i think that's very true i think that, that is a problem with conscious rap and partly it's also because there's this sort of it has this attraction to jazz there's a sort of jazzy noodling quality yeah. which can end up being a little bit sort of um well, just a bit dull. Do you think so? Do you think nowadays, whereas maybe in the past it was more about the rapping and about the verses, it's more now it's about having a catchy chorus and actually writing hits rather than just rapping? Yeah, I think that the um, way that the hook, the song's hook, has become so sort of uh, a way of catching people's attention in, in the ringtone era with just like wanting rip people feeling that they're changing radio stations all the time. So a song really is, it gets more and more grabby. So yeah, I think that that's a very, and I think that rap is particularly prone to that, it has to be said. The other extreme from the conscious rappers with their jazzy verses channeling the last poets, you can also have the sort of really brash types who've got the latest David Guetta remix and some hammering hook that just leaves sort of your brain cells clamoring to leave your head i think what they call the golden age of hip-hop which was basically sort of the late 80s to, to, to mid 90s had that kind of crate digging aesthetic of the of the real vinyl junkie of a real sort of sense of scholarship in the, the beats and the breaks that you're turning up whereas now it, it's much more scattershot in terms of the influences that people will have um not least in, in in terms of more sort of recondite samples like uh, you know ELO or even Kenny Loggins I think was sampled on one, um, and, a, and a more recent track last year was had a sort of indie pop sample from um, a band called Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone, um, but yeah, just basically much broader and all the rave thing as well actually and how dubstep and grime from the UK are actually being seen in terms of pure beat making as possibly even ahead of the the Yanks. Ludo, you're going to the show on Friday. How, I just wonder, how do you think rap translates to that sort of big arena show? Do you think that works? I think that uh, that's Friday, May the 18th. It's the first of five nights at the uh, O2 Arena that uh, Kanye and Jay-Z will be playing. It's the start of the European leg of their Watch the Throne tour, the US leg having grossed uh, $48 million so far, so enough to keep them in private jets and Hublot watches and 
etc. For the time being, at any rate, um, it will be a boom week for the London's top end service industries. Um, I am looking forward to it, in fact, because I think that the album, whilst pretty obnoxious, is also has a sort of messy charisma about it. Um, and as we could hear on the song we played, it does the production is pretty tight on the best songs. You know, it's got a sort of uh, swagger, the swagger um, about it does come across pretty powerfully. And um, I think that the rap has now moved into this sort of stadium entertainment led by Jay-Z, with who had his triumphant performance at um, Glastonbury in 2008 when he headlined. Um, there were many rockers were outraged, such as Noel Gallagher. But uh, he managed to um, really storm the place. So I think that they've taken it into this large arena very successfully. And I think it's become more self-reflexive as well, hasn't it? I mean, obviously, rap has all, always been about sort of self-assertion and, and the self-realisation of these guys coming, you know, from often very poor backgrounds and, and asserting themselves on the world. Um, but now they've got the sort of degree of angst that they didn't have before, I think, you know, not least with Jay-Z, but Drake and, and J. Cole and other people like that, aren't they? They're really sort of... Uh, pondering their own sort of well, Drake's album thank me later right. i was infamous for having over 400 uses of the first person pronoun there you can't go. stop talking about himself that man there you go so yeah there's, there's that sort of more introspective side of it going on but then it's also and i think where it perhaps rap does have more of a dead end is um i'm going to sound like uh, sort of lord levison here trying to explain something but i gather there's a term called trapping um which is basically about coke dealing if you're a trapper you're a, you're a coke dealer and people like young young jeezy really stuck in this rut of sort of extolling the, the thug life um and there was a great sort of rejoinder to that by a a young rapper called christmas with with a k last year um because he said y'all ain't all rapping somebody's lying because if everyone's selling it then who the f is buying so this idea of you know we can't all be uh, doing these, these these gangster poses because someone has to be, you know, out there uh, receiving this kind of stuff. And I think that shows how redundant that level of, of uh, pursuit of the, the thug image has, has got. I wonder actually about the sort of longevity of rappers because obviously some of the people that we're talking about, Chuck D, you mentioned, is 51, Dr. Dre's 47. You know, how easy is, is it to have longevity in rap? And are we going to see these guys still touring in 20 years doing rolling stones type hip-hop tours well i spoke with chuck d he said that was his dream basically to uh to follow the classic rock model where radio stations would promote the music you get new younger listeners in as well as the core audience he wants to have for his touring it's called the legends of hip-hop where public enemy and other um legends of the music will be uh, going around um i think that the sort of older generations currently that 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 crew are a bit slightly similar to the sort of 50s rock and roll um bunch who got slightly sort of pushed to one side after the 60s you know so slightly forgotten about so you still get chuck berry touring around in tiny venues even though he more or less invented rock and roll um but the current at the moment i mean jay-z is 41 i think kanye's in his mid-30s i think that you've now got this sort of uh they're the ones really reaping the reward they've established themselves and i think that we could see certainly see them taking it on way into middle age and beyond <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel slightly queasy with three middle-class white guys here sitting around the table talking about what was uh, called uh, Black America CNN, wasn't it, by Chuck D. But it does seem as though that more politicised side, side of rap has fallen by the wayside, possibly in the, the scramble for, for more and more material wealth. And that's something that's not just pertinent to hip-hop, but the whole sort of boom era, really, wasn't it? President Obama has been described as the uh, first hip-hop generation president. Well, that's true. That's Clinton true. was the first rock and roll generation president. We now have the first hip-hop generation. That doesn't that's seem true. to me to be a sort of uh, dissociation mm -hmm. from politics. No, in fact, well, perhaps it's because that's happened, that, that 
that you know the more political sort of thrust of it has perhaps you know fallen away. And it's interesting how that some of the um, more public uh, hand wringing about uh, the, the gangster image, you know, not least in within the black community, um, has sort of again not not been so prevalent since since Obama's been in power. So perhaps people are trying to move away from that image and have more positive role models, obviously, of, of black success. Well, I'm afraid our time's up. Um, thank you to Ludovic Hunter-Tilney and Richard Clayton and to Griselda Murray-Brown, who produced the Arts Podcast. We'll play you out with DJ Shadow's Why Hip Hop Sucks in 96, which some people may still agree with in 2012. It's the money, 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 For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.